Let's get into this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thought Shared, Souls Bared, the podcast. I am Katie. I'm Jill. And today's episode is truly going to be about we don't know. Um, Jill and I have both decided to partake in a drink that we are both of age to consume. Um, Jill, what are you... (laughs) Jill, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a vodka crayon with a splash of tonic and a splash of lemon juice and a splash of lime juice. Now, Jill, I am older than you, yeah. um, but I know nothing about drinks. <laughs> what? I love drinks. <laughs> what is tonic? Tonic is basically, it's light club soda, but like not as carbonated, I think. Um, and also it doesn't have a taste. Like it's just, it kind of, I don't know. I use it just like to water things down a little bit while giving it a little bit of like, ooh, a little bit of edge. I don't really know what it is. That's just what I assume. (laughs) (laughs) I probably should know though, because my sister's boyfriend is a bartender and like, there are a lot of reasons I should know. I just don't, but I like it. So I use it. I need to buy more. I'm almost out. Now I... I'm drinking a full can of peach LaCroix with about two shots of vodka in it. Uh, and it's a white woman. <laughs> in case you couldn't tell by the name Katie. <laughs> One of the whitest, girliest names on the planet. Um, yeah, and there were ice cubes in it, but it melted. Because again, it is, let's see, Jill, if you had to guess how hot it was today, where I live, don't, don't, you cannot use your phone. You cannot use no, your not. phone. No, I'm not. I'm using it to pull out. It is in my area. Okay. I'm going to guess 95. Okay. And the day we are, we are recording this is October 30th, 2020. Uh, it's Wicked Day. Which yes. Is fun. Right. And it's snowing in the Northeast. Oh, no. See, uh, it was, Jill, you were so close. Um, oh, was I? It was, well, in the city I'm currently in, it was a high of 89. Oh, it's close. Okay. Uh, and for people who may not know, I am currently residing in Southern California, <laughs> uh, where it is hot all the time. <laughs> I'm in Virginia, so it's like the worst weather because it fluctuates so much. Like this whole week, it's been in the 70s and hit 80 at one point, and today it was freezing. I was like going to work. And it was so cold. And tomorrow the high is going to hit like 50. But where I am, 50 means like 35. Tomorrow's high is supposed to be 90. We so, also have and... a hurricane like sweeping through. So <laughs> we basically had a hell. <laughs> we basically had a hurricane on Sunday. It was so windy. Ours, it was windy as freak here too, man. Like it was so bad. It, it still was, is, um, but... I don't know. So... I've lived in Southern California my entire life. Um, And so, yes, I have experienced the Santa Ana winds, which were made popular by a fun little, like, doo-wop number on (laughs) on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. Jersey Boys. On on, uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. But also in that movie, The Holiday, where Jack Black is like, they're magical. It's wild. A holiday since I was probably seven. (laughs) It's wild. Um, but yeah, so the Santa Ana winds, I never know if the winds that we're experiencing 
are Santa Anna's. I think we all, we just call all wins Santa Anna wins. Valid. Whether or not they are or not is someone else's problem. Uh, I'm, what should we talk about? What What's happening? Lots of things are happening, but also nothing's happening. <laughs> this is what I want to talk about. And I made a TikTok about it today. I saw it. Um, I would love to discuss well, this. <laughs> okay. So, on the West End, which is essentially London's Broadway, Andrew Lloyd Webber is currently working on a new version of Cinderella, which Jill has thoughts about because Cinderella is like her favorite thing in the world. Um, I'm indifferent towards Cinderella, though Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella was the first show I ever saw on Broadway. So that's my fun connection to it. (laughs) But so Andrew Lloyd Webber is making this new version of Cinderella. And it's going to be starring Carrie Hope Fletcher. I love Carrie Hope Fletcher. I think she is yeah, so talented. She's great. She's great. I I love her YouTube videos. Like I have watched her for years. Yeah. But today they released a song called "Bad Cinderella," and it is um. It's it a sure is something. <laughs> it is literally okay. Wait, so but I'm did not... you listen? Did you listen to the full song? No. Or did you only listen to the one part? I listened to that part. Okay, here's the thing. So, it's a... What Jill and I are talking about right now is there's a part in the song that just goes... Oh, I don't even know the lyrics. But something like... I don't know the Bad Cinderella. Anyway, it sounds exactly like In My Own Little Corner. Like, it is, if it like is verbatim, not... It is In My Own if, Little Corner. If it is not an homage to Rodgers and Hammerstein, then that's embarrassing. Well, I but nobody has said anything. From what I've seen, it's not an homage. It's more of a, like, dig. Like, it's mocking it. And I hate that too. even more. That makes me very angry. Um, Especially if- I know Rodgers and Hammerstein, like, I know there's a lot of issues with Rodgers and Hammerstein. I know that. But, like, at the same time, I think Cinderella is their best musical. I stand by that. I love Cinderella. It's my favorite Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. Um, and I just like, it makes me so, because I'm not a fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Anyone that knows me even a little bit knows that I'm not and, an And Lloyd to Webber. be fair, and to be fair, neither am I. Right. I but think like here's- also adds to it. Here's my thing. I think Andrew Lloyd Webber can write a fantastic female ballad. I think that is where he okay, succeeds. He can, but at the same time, it's an imp- they're also impossible female ballads. It's because they're female ballads that are written for, like, three actresses to be capable of doing it. Fair. Which is a huge controversy with, like, performers and everything. But yeah, so, like, I think Memory is a good song. I think, uh... Don't Cry For Me, Argentina is so a great song. So many songs from Evita. I do, actually, I really do enjoy a lot of the music from Evita. But I also think that it's, like, the most impossible role <laughs> for women <laughs> to strive for. <laughs> so I also have an issue with that. But I do love a lot of the music. I think it's really beautiful. So um, I Don't Know How to Love Him is a great song. That's a good one. The, he, he has some hits. Like, he's written some great things. So... Is this supposed to, is this song, is this song, Bad Cinderella, supposed to be that? Is this supposed to be his big, strong female ballad? Well, I also, 
because speaking of that, it also, what bothers me is there's been a lot of stuff about Android Weber being a plagiarist. Um, like he's been- Tell me more. He's been sued like two or three times. Um, I think like once for Fanta, like there's like, hold on, I'll have to pull it back up because I haven't looked at this in a while, but there's like documentation of him being like sued and all these things for plagiarism, which has always bothered me. It drives me insane because it's like I don't understand why everyone's always like he's so original and I'm like it just he feels unoriginal at the same time with like almost everything he does so it just like really bothers me okay there is an article from 2017 called 15 times Andrew Lloyd Webber allegedly copied music from himself or others so like he's just like reusing things so the structure of love never dies which that's also kind of everyone kind of we don't we don't talk about love never dies i think that phantom is stupid but that's just my opinion (laughs) i feel like i'm gonna get hate for that but i don't like phantom the outro of look with your heart from love never dies Uh, the song love never dies um is a the song is plagiarized from what uh love never dies yeah what are these like what is the comparison the song's melody debuted as the hardest slow to learn in 1998 at a Royal Albert Hall celebration of Lloyd Webber's music. The chorus melody was then recycled as our kind of love for his musical, The Beautiful Game. And then the song's um. third and final form was, was the title song for Love Never Dies. So he's just like reusing his own work, which I think is just lazy. Like, I, <laughs> I just find that so irritating. And then the song Music of the Night from Phantom which this says was the subject of controversy after the estate of Giacomo Puccini filed a lawsuit against Lloyd mm. Webber. Puccini is my favorite for anyone out there. Puccini is like my heart and soul. I love Puccini operas. Um, Puccini's estate had argued that the melody and the lyrics silently the senses abandoned their defenses was stolen from an excerpt of the opera La Fanciola del West. I think that's how you say it. it was I'm not settled. Italian. I couldn't tell you. Right, it was all settled out of court. Um, it was a whole. It ended, I'm pretty sure that like it all had to get like rearranged or something. The song "Make Up My Heart" from Starlight Express, which is almost identical to the opening of Musetta's Waltz from Puccini's La Boheme, which is my favorite Puccini opera. Um, the title theme from the Phantom of the Opera. Um, the title theme? Yeah, so like the chromatic title theme of Lloyd Webber's most famous musical is eerily similar to a certain riff from Pink Floyd's song Echoes. The band's bassist <laughs> at the time, Roger Waters, never sought legal action, claiming that life's too long to bother with suing Andrew Lloyd Webber. Life's too long? <laughs> All right. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if life is too long, you have the time to sue Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Some people have even pointed out similarities to the intro of Debussy's Prelude to the Afternoon of a Fawn. Oh, shoot. I'm dropping my... Already tipsy. I'm like three tricks. <laughs> um, the mirror scene from The Phantom of the Opera, the line, I am your angel of music, sounds suspiciously similar to a passage from The Battle on the Ice from Sergei Pro- 
Prokofiev's Alexander Nevsky. I don't know what that is, but the song, I don't know how to love him. Mary Magdalene. Oh, you mean the one I just, uh, (laughs) you mean the one I just praised? (laughs) Mary Magdalene solo from Jesus Christ Superstar has been scrutinized for sounding too similar to the Andante movement from Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto at E minor. The song Memory. (laughs) The other song I just praised. So all his female ballads. <laughs> Memory from the musical Cats has been noted for its similarities to the main melody in Maurice Ravel's Bolero. Maybe this is why I like them so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple other songs from Jesus Christ Superstar. I feel like Jesus Christ Superstar alone is like one of the laziest musicals. <laughs> I'm just. I'm the just story was there. It, I'm just gonna be honest. Um. The duet, All I Ask of You, was originally a solo that Lloyd Webber wrote titled I Don't Talk to Strangers, recorded by opera superstar Placido Domingo. Um, there's like, it's mostly, it's a lot from like Phantom and Love Never Dies. Um, there's a couple more, like the song is If We Never Said Goodbye, which yeah, apparently, like that's the thing. Um, a song from The Beautiful Game which he wrote so, from another one of his shows and the so entire we get variation <laughs> set. Like, he's just lazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I... And the, and the difference between this and, say, like, what happened with Hamilton is they... Those were explicitly references. Like, those were explicit right. references, which they credited in the playbill. Right. Saying is this important. is... Mm-hmm. Saying this is what we're doing and this is check this out if you like this which i think is also smart yeah but also the structure of hamilton on the way hamilton is done is kind of also based on i want to say a little bit jesus christ superstar with the um yeah the the antagonist telling the story i can see that so i do love an antagonist viewpoint yeah but so this new song bad cinderella it only sounds like it during this chorus which is why i think that the whoever it was that i saw that said that it was like a dig at people were saying that in my comment section they're like it's a dig because it's not supposed to be it's not supposed to be like the other fairy tales and i'm like what's wrong with the other fairy tales you don't need to mock something with that yeah they're happy. Let them be happy. Yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. It's like you can. That's something that I've always like, kind of been against. Is like, don't put other people down to prove your self worth. Exactly. You don't need to. You don't need to do a dig at somebody, unless it's in like, say, satire. Right. But this isn't. This doesn't feel like satire. The rest of the song is in typical Andrew Littlebur fashion where it's very repetitive of itself. Like it just, it, it keeps repeating. Like, I got it. You can cut it off after the first chorus. We get the point. Right. And I, and I, I hate to have this idea because I want to like everything. I try to give everything a chance. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give this a chance because I like Carrie Hope Fletcher. I love Cinderella. Her her voice sounds incredible in it. Yeah. But this song that they released, I don't know if this is supposed to be his, like, female ballad of the show, but it it doesn't feel 
good because then I listen yeah. to the full song and it's it's not for me yeah like I because when I found out that there was going to be like a new Cinderella I was like oh okay and then I heard it was Andrew Lloyd Webber and I was like oh okay and then and like I told my my dad was like the first person I told because like if anyone knows my like disdain for Andrew Lloyd Webber it's my dad because he makes fun of me all the time for it but I like told him I was like oh it's me new Cinderella like on the west end and he was like oh okay and I was like yeah but it's not like Rodgers and Hammerstein I was like it's Andrew Lloyd Webber writing a new Cinderella and he was like oh and I was like yeah <laughs> so it was like I, I wanted to get excited about it because I do love Cinderella so much so, like I wanted to try to give it the benefit of the doubt but then, like, the second I saw, there was, like, the logo came out, and the logo basically was, like, a ripoff of something. I can't remember what it was. I don't know. It's the, the logo came out where it's, like, she is drawing her skirt. Yeah, but it looks paint. like something, and I can't remember what it was. Like, I'm it not It can come back to you. Yeah. But, but like, I'm imagine, okay. excited. That's how I felt about School of Rock, because School of Rock was, like, a movie that was so important to me when it yeah. came out it was so important to me um I wanted to be Summer Hathaway so bad like I wanted to be Miranda Cosgrove's character in School of Rock so bad Valid. any time we had a sub I was like I'm ready for this to turn into a music class I am ready to be band manager obviously that didn't happen and I was in third grade <laughs> but <laughs> But so when I found out that they were turning School of Rock into a musical, I was, I was cautiously optimistic. And then they announced that it was Andrew Lloyd Webber doing it. And honestly, I think that like Pasek and Paul could have done a better version. I think about that. And I'm like, I would have loved if like Pasek and Paul had done it. You know, I loved their work in Dogfight. They know, they obviously know how to write like insane music. But I don't know. I so <laughs> fun fact. Sorry, uh, I was no, it's okay. I can keep going about it. Whatever. Okay. So fun fact. Until this summer, with obviously COVID, um, for the past nine, ten years, I had seen every show at the Hollywood Bowl, like the summer musical, like the mm -hmm. All Star Summer Musical. I had seen it, and so. Every year they announce it, and I'm like, oh, great. Like, the first year it was, um, the first year I went, I should say, was Hairspray, and that was fantastic. Um, the second Hairspray. year, we love Hairspray. The second year was The Producers, and that was fantastic. That cast was truly killer. It was um, Gary Beach and Roger Bart reprising their roles as um, Roger Debris and Carmen Gia, and then it was Roger Kind, or sorry, Richard Kind, as Max and it was Jesse Taylor Ferguson he's as Leo he's fantastic to watch and then it was randomly Dane Cook as uh Franz Liebkin and he actually did a okay, fantastic job you because Dane Cook is so good <laughs> he's so funny it, he did a fantastic job as Franz Liebkin and then Rebecca Romaine was um Ula and then you know there were other ones like um Samantha Barks and Ashley Simpson in Chicago and 
randomly uh, Craig Robinson and Richard uh, Christian Slater in Spamalot. I almost said Spamalot. Okay, that tracks. <laughs> that it tracks. was. I mean, it was good. Like they were all good. I, then there was like the weird one where it was like Ross Lynch and Sabrina Bryan in uh, a chorus line. That was probably like the weirdest one I saw. Okay, but Ross Lynch is really, really talented. He is. I love Ross Lynch. I think he deserves more he was, credit. He was the one, um, he was the, I can do that one. Because, like, he can, dude can tap. I know who he was playing, and now I can't remember the name. This is I don't know the name of it. Because I do love a chord. Um, and then, I think, and then there was um, Hunter Parrish and uh, Benjamin Walker and... Kristen Bell and Jenna Eshkowitz and Mario and Amber Riley, like this insane cast for Hair. Hair is probably my favorite one I saw. And then the cast for Mamma Mia was like Doug Cameron and Corbin Blue. That cast and was amazing. Like it I was so, jealous. so good. It was that cast is so phenomenal. Good. And then there was, um, then there was Into the Woods, which is one of the other best ones I've seen. Into the Woods. Mamma Mia and Hair are three of the best ones I've ever seen. Also, the producers. I love the producers. But, so last year, or sorry, this year, it was supposed to be School of Rock. Oh, yeah. And I remember going to talk to, like, uh, somebody I worked with, and she was like, so wait, 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 wait. You were supposed to tell me, you just, like, first thing that came in here, or the first thing that you were supposed to do this morning was come in here and tell me, like, what the summer musical was when you found out. And I was like, it's School of Rock. And she was like, oh, okay. And then COVID happened, so it didn't happen. So who knows if it'll happen next year, if things are okay next year, which I'm not banking on them being. But we'll see. Uh, I do hope they just change the musical. I felt like that was for 2020. 2021 can have a different one. But, um, yeah, so we're not... Obviously, we've been talking for 15 minutes about... Uh, not being the biggest Andrew Lloyd Webber fans. Yeah. And that's, and cause that's the thing. Jill and I, we're Sondheim fans. We are Sondheim sluts. I love <laughs> Stephen Sondheim. My dad calls me that all the time. He's like, she's a Sondheim slut. And I'm like, that's accurate. <laughs> that's absolutely correct. Those are words my parents would never use in regards to me. <laughs> my, it's funny because my, um... Speaking of, like, enjoyed Weber Stevens on it. So, last Christmas, yeah, last Christmas or Thanksgiving, one of the two, I was at my grandparents' house for the holiday, whichever holiday it was, and something came up about cats. I think it was Christmas, because we usually go, like, a few days before Christmas over to their house, and something came up about cats, like, it was, like, a commercial or something in the newspaper, I don't know, something about cats. And my grandmama, with a straight face, looked at me and said, I want to go see that. <laughs> and I could not believe it. I was in shock. <laughs> like, I was betrayed. I was so upset. And I was like, I'm sorry. What do you want to go see? And she goes, I want to go see the, the Cats movie. Like, what is it? And I was like... The musical cats. <laughs> That's what you want to see. And she's like, yeah, let's go see it. And I was like, no. 
will not be happening. <laughs> Never in my life um, will I ever see cats, ever. I refuse. Did I tell you the first time I ever saw that trailer? The circumstances around me seeing that trailer? No. Okay, so the trailer dropped uh, mid to end of July of 2019. I was in New York. Um, I had just experienced a harrowing, truly harrowing journey of biking across the Brooklyn Bridge from Brooklyn into Manhattan. People who are listening, you might not know how tall I am. I am barely squeaking in at 5'1", maybe 5'5". Five, five, may, I might be exaggerating when I say I'm 5'1". I'm, I'm at least 5 foot, though. Um, so city bikes are not built for people of my height. I cannot touch the ground. Also, you yes, I did it? say... <laughs> can you adjust them? <laughs> Is that a thing you can do? <laughs> Bike wheels are still as tall as bike wheels can be. You can adjust the seat, Katie. <laughs> I was pro- Even if I did, I still probably couldn't touch the ground. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> shush. This is my story. <laughs> so we're biking across the Brooklyn Bridge, which, by the way, nobody tells you this. The Brooklyn Bridge, not flat. It oh, goes hard. up. And it goes down, and it goes up, and it goes down, and it goes up, and it goes down. Very rickety, and I am terrified every time I'm on it. And in the middle of July, crowded as hell. So I'm there, biking, doing my best. I haven't ridden a bike in ten years, and uh, maybe more. And so it's, again, like I keep saying, middle of July. so humid i again part of my major personal major part of my personality is i'm from southern california we don't get humid we don't do humid here welcome to that's the not East a coast that's not a thing <laughs> that's not a thing we do um and so i am sweating i am i am i am so exhilarated and um terrified for my life because one way i I steer into a group of so many people. The other way, I go and fly off and um, fall down into oncoming traffic. So it was like a loose, loose situation. Uh, I did not have control of my vocal cords because I could not say, uh, hey, out of the way. So I was trying to use the bell. Um, it was, yeah, so it was real hard. Anyway, so we get, we finally... Um, and we park, we park the bikes. Also, we could not find the entrance to the bridge. So that was another part. That's <laughs> this tricky, whole... though. It is kind of confusing. It was, it was um, just an all-around bad situation we were in. And so we, uh, we parked the bikes and I said, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I go to look at my phone and I see that uh, scenery bags has like reposted a picture I posted, which is actually a very good picture of me. It's me in like a blue polka dot jumpsuit. Like it's a cute photo of me. Anyway, that's not the point. I'm scrolling through um, Instagram stories and I see that people keep posting these insane pictures. And I'm like, this is Photoshopped. There's no way this actually exists. But it, there were so many and from so many different sources that were not connected. 
And I go, oh shit, is this real? And so I Google it. And it was the photo of Jennifer Hudson. Like they'd released the trailer. And so it was all of the screenshots that were truly terrifying anybody who's seen uh, charlie and the chocolate factory they were more <laughs> terrifying than those oompa loompas wait which charlie and the chocolate factory uh the one with christian borel oh okay i was thinking movies i no. forget about the musical because i the tried musical to burn it from my brain i've never seen no, it the- but i've burned it from my brain it's uh, it, uh there is a person that i used to work with she called it the death of culture and uh, I, I went in saying, you know what? I love a good train wreck. Um, so anyway, so the pictures of these cats, more terrifying than those Oompa Loompas. And uh, we, we look at the time, we go, oh no, we're going to be late to King Kong on Broadway. <laughs> I love King Kong. I need to say, I did not laugh because King Kong is a joke. I love King Kong. I think it's beautiful. I've never seen it, but I think it's beautiful. And I love it. But You'll it's just laugh Katie's because of how absurd. <laughs> so, so we finally get to the theater. So we take the subway from the Brooklyn Bridge all the way to probably 42nd Street or something. We walk to, um, we walk to the Broadway theater. And then we're like, oh, cool. Like, you know that you know that experience, like, when you think you're going to be late, but then you get there and you're fine and you actually have, like, some cushion time? I say yes, but no, I'm always disgustingly early to everything. Okay. Well, this was, <laughs> this is how I appear, this is how I show up at every, um, every Broadway show. Like, I'm always like, yeah. I'm going to be late. And then. I'm always an hour early. I'm always early. No, I will not wait in lines. Unless the line is moving. Anyway, so we go see King Kong. Thoroughly enjoying ourselves. And just talking. There's a there's like a 12-year-old kid sitting next to me. The entire first act. He has a phone in his hand. And he's just slapping it across um, his other hand. And I didn't know what the sound was. And then I looked over and I was like, okay, that's not necessary. Um, but we're thoroughly enjoying the show. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, intermission happens and we start act two and then act two is like, it's going like it's, it's, it's going. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like this is so much fun. I like King. Okay. People joke on King Kong. So I thoroughly enjoyed myself at King Kong. Yes. It's not. I may incriminate myself. I've seen a couple bootleg clips. I'm a fan. I had a weird thing for this show ever since I saw like the Thanksgiving day parade performance. I just I love it I think it's so like I don't know what it I can't describe it I just I think I love stage puppetry I love stage puppetry especially Um, when it's that grand like yeah that's and the fact that like and the fact that like the puppeteers were like jumping and like glide it was wild that cast anyway yeah so um uh we were told it was about 15 minutes uh about 15 minutes before the end of act Two, so 15 minutes before the show ends um one of the actors i do not know any of their names um i don't know any of the actors names and i don't know any of the characters names i only know like two of the actors names from so like the guy that's like the director or whatever he like starts a song and then he like goes off stage and i just thought it was part of the show and then nothing happened and then they announced that it was uh they were holding for technical difficulties and I was like, 
fair enough. Fair enough, it's King Kong. Like, I kind of expected this. And then the technical difficulties kept, like, the, the, the hold kept extending. And so I said, you know what? What better thing to do than uh, watch this Cats trailer? <laughs> and so I watched the trailer for the 2019 film version of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats while in a technical difficulty that we never came out of. <laughs> and when I tell you, I felt so many things while watching that movie. <laughs> Horror disgust intrigue laughter um (laughs) i laugh when i'm when i can't when i'm uncomfortable comfortable uh so that is my experience with the first time watching the end the trailer for cats i love having a story around when I watch a thing or when something happens. I feel that. I, so speaking of the Cats movie, I feel like I need to discuss this considering I'm wearing a Lemus movie shirt. I'm not wearing the musical shirt because I can't find one of my size and in my budget for show shirts. Um, so can I just say this at Tom Hooper? Where was the sexual energy for Lemus? <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, I feel honestly betrayed by Tom Hooper. I feel... I don't know any of the cats' name. Like, I know, obviously, what's-her-face is... uh, I know Grizabella, and I know Victoria, and I know I don't even know. (laughs) Well, Grizabella is memory. I know Rum Tom Tugger, because that was Jason Derulo. Yeah, so Justin, <laughs> J- Jason Derulo, I almost said Justin Turner. Oh, by the way, <laughs> Dodgers won the World Series. I am so happy, guys. Uh, what's going on with Justin Turner is another story. Anyway. I something um, else to say. Go Yankees. Girl, <laughs> you know, it's been 32 years since it's the Dodgers won. Like 11 years, Katie. I am not old enough to have seen the Dodgers win in my lifetime. That's and now I have. Also, I was drunk watching them win and I cried. <laughs> she was having me. <laughs> I had set all of my energy into the Dodgers. Um into like all of my eggs into that basket. And that the Dodgers. The yeah. It, so now that baseball's over, it's kind of rough, but it's also happy because anyway. How did I get into this? Oh, uh, Jason Derulo. Yeah. I know he was from Tum Tugger. I know, um, I think James Corden's character was called Bustifer Jones. Oh. Uh, right. some that knew, the, the introducing, insert actress's name here, was Victoria, which is the white cat. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer Hudson was, um, Grizabella. Taylor Swift was um, Bomb Ballerina. Anybody after that? Not a clue. I don't know the character Rebel Wilson played. I don't know the character that Robbie Fairchild played, but Robbie Fairchild's Robbie character... Robbie Fairchild was apparently the best part of the movie. He was. He's the one that I was like, ooh, you're the cat. Like, this is the cat I got the most <laughs> sexual energy off of. I know. Oh, 
Do I remember the cat's name? No. But he was the best Robbie part. I Fairchild, though. Robbie Fairchild is pretty good. Robbie Fairchild was in the chorus line at the Hollywood Bowl, so I have seen him. Oh, I love apparently. that. Oh, that's apparently. Apparently. Yeah, I, again, don't know who he played, but... He played someone. <laughs> I just heard my brother yell, because I ate the rest. And I was like, excuse me? Is that my household alone? <laughs> Um, but yes, so Robbie Fairchild's character, and then whoever the hell played uh, Skimbleshanks, the railway cat, oh my god, show stealer. Scene stealer, show stopper. Not a damn clue. Let's see. <laughs> Let's find out. Or, uh, or Magical Mr. Mistopheles is still not as good as Skimbleshanks, the railway cat. That one was, I gotta, I gotta hand it to Andrew Lover at that point. Uh, Skimbleshanks, the railway cat. Robbie Fairchild was Monkestrap. Do you say so? <laughs> what? Who played Skimble Shanks? I'm trying to find it. Hold on. Skimble Shanks. That might not actually be the tune. Mr. Ristoffelees was Laurie Davidson. Sure. He and was then... great. I'm on? not sure cats followed the same character. Skimble I'm not sure cats. Was Stephen McRae. Why does that sound so familiar? I don't know. Look it up, Jill. Steven Who is he? McRae, Stephen McRae, why does that sound so familiar? What's wild is like Taylor Swift. So all the cats introduce themselves, but oh, he's Taylor one of my favorite ballet dancers. <laughs> <laughs> well, he tapped up a storm in cats. Oh, good for him. Um, yeah, he's a princess Ta- dancer with the Royal Ballet in London. So Taylor Swift, she played um, Bomb Ballerina. And so, like, the thing is, like, every character introduces themselves, so there's no point in you not knowing who these characters are uh, or their that names. You forgot all of their names. I don't. That's the thing. It's <laughs> like I in in one ear out the other. Um, the tiny mice that for whatever character um, Rebel Wilson played those terrified me. Truly, if you want a horror film that isn't supposed to be a horror film, watch Cats. I recommend everybody watch it at least once in their life. No. Anyway. Jill, <laughs> no. this is coming. This is coming from me. I recommend everybody watch, watch it at least when it comes on HBO or it Netflix HBO. or whatever. It is on HBO. Then it's then free. You already pay for HBO. Watch it. I don't need this negativity, Katie. <laughs> anyway, the thing is, um, Skimble Shanks the Railway Cat. Um, I would I would die for him. I would, I would die for Skimble would Shanks. Give it all up. <laughs> give it all up. <laughs> I'd take, <laughs> I'd take a bullet for him. <laughs> I literally, I am so agitated though with this movie because oh, I it's not good. Him. It's not no, good. That's the thing though. Is I was agitated because Tom Hooper was like attached to it or whatever, and I was like, oh. The I'm director. I'm still not gonna see it. Yeah, like I was like, I'm still not gonna see it. But like, he did lay Miz, so like, maybe it'll be okay. And then the concept art and everything started coming out for it. the casting. The casting was so stacked that I legitimately thought it, someone was pulling a prank on me. Like, <laughs> okay, look here. I'm weirdly obsessed with where I am when I find things out for the first time. Do you want to know? <laughs> You want to know where I was when I found out who was casted? (laughs) You're going to love this. Oh, God. So I was in Boston. No, you weren't. I was in Boston. (laughs) And it was the day after I saw Moulin Rouge. 
and my friend and I, we were going to Salem because I have an obsession with the Salem Witch Trials and have okay. since I was nine years old. Right. Um, <laughs> but we were in Dunkin' Donuts and we got like our breakfast Everyone sandwich and our coffee. Everyone is in Boston. Just in the Dunkin' <laughs> You know, they're starting to put Dunkin's in Southern California, but none around oh. me. The closest oh. one is like 12 miles away and I'm not driving up there. Mm. Um, anyway, so I was leaving the Dunkin' and uh, <laughs> we were, oh my god, no, wait, this wasn't, this was, so we went to Salem, I don't remember the, the order of the days, how many days was I in Boston? This may not have been, no, it had to Regardless, I was in Boston. I don't remember what day it was. It may have been the day I saw um, Moulin Rouge. First. But I open, like, Twitter or something, or I don't know, and I just get... It's like, James Corden. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jennifer Hudson. Like it's like, you hear James Corden, <laughs> and it's like a jar. <laughs> You're like, James Corden, Jennifer Hudson, and Taylor Swift, all cast, and Andrew Littleburst cast, and I go, this sounds like a joke. No, what? and then, but here's the thing. So, like, my sister's obsessed with Jason Derulo. Like, she's got this weird thing Jason Derulo. Exactly. And she, like, I remember hearing about it from her, which was weird, because I was like, why is my sister texting me about a musical movie? Like, I was like, what is happening? Because she doesn't care about musicals. She, like, hates musicals. And so she was like, oh, my God, Jason Derulo is in Cats. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, this is not, like, you're pulling a prank on me. Like, I was like, the first musical that came to your head was just Cats, and this is just what you're texting me right now. <laughs> like, there's no way. And then she was like, and she sent me, like, an Instagram post or a tweet or something. I don't know what it was. She sent me something. And I literally was like, this is a joke. The sound fakes. The sound fake. Like, this is a joke. And then I found out Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson, James Corden, Idris Elba, Judy Dench. Like, I was like, this is not... Robbie Fairchild. He makes that more person, sense. Than that <laughs> person you said, whose name I've already forgotten, that plays uh, oh, the, character I would, the character Stephen I would McKay. die for. I, I am literally, though, when I found out about the cast, I was literally just... I didn't know what to do with myself because I literally kept texting people. I was like, this has to be a joke. Like, I was like, there's no way that there's this many people that are like A-list celebrities just participating in the worst musical ever. Like, I was like, there's, this has to be a joke. And then I was like, oh no, Tom Hooper, you've done it again. <laughs> You've cast A-list celebrities that no one wants to see in a movie musical. <laughs> and everyone's going to see Do you remember? Anyways. No, you probably don't. You might be too young. Um, but there was, like... And also, you didn't watch the movie for a while. Uh, but there were rumors that Taylor Swift was going to be Eponine in the movie. Oh, I heard about that. Did you see Miley Cyrus audition? What do you mean I'm too young? I was, like, 13 when that movie came out. Yeah, but I don't know... Well, when I was 13, I wasn't really on the internet that much, but also... Oh, I was. Nothing. Okay. Girl, I was anyway. like an avid part of the Hunger Games fandom when I was 13. Big yikes. Yeah. 
Turn that but, into a musical, cowards. Don't do that. Let's Please, not. Nobody do that. Nobody do that as a joke. That sounds awful. It would be so bad. It's just, it's Big Bummer Central. Not that Lamez is not Big Bummer Central, but. I wish that I had seen Game of Thrones, the musical, off Broadway when I had the chance. They did some sort of like Game of Thrones parody musical here in LA somewhere. I can't remember what it was called. It's the same thing. Probably. Probably was. They go back and forth a lot. They're like, it was off Broadway. Now it's weirdly in LA somewhere in some random tiny little theater. And I'm like, I'll go. I'm sure. Why not? Um, but yeah, that that casting really threw me off. Miley Cyrus auditioned to play Eponine. Have you not seen the video? It's bad. <laughs> no, like, I haven't. You're gonna have like, to send it to me. Bad. I'll send it to you. It's really, really bad. But I um I have so much beef with Tom Hooper over this movie because <laughs> I, I'm a hugely missed fan. I've read the book, which is a feat. Let me tell you, it took me six months to read it. The, um, br- the, the notorious brick. The brick. I have like three copies over there on my bookshelf, on my musical shelf, um, which also has all my like librettos and other things like that, like my wicked books. Um, I... I love, this is like, this is such a popular opinion. Hold on. Oh. My brother just told me that food was ready, and I don't know what that means, because I just had two slices of pizza. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so keep going. This is a very popular opinion. Yeah. This is a very popular opinion in the Lima's world. Um, But the Barricade Boys are the best part of the musical. That's just the tea. That's just the facts. Um... And they're arguably the best part of the book because Victor Hugo, I don't know if anyone knows this or not, he may have had a wife and five children, but he was gay. There's no way around this fact. He had to have been. I stand by that. Because when you read the Lamez book and you get to, I think it's book four, is where all the boys are, um, and you read the description of Angelos. It is like a love letter to this blonde sculpture-like human being. Like, it is literally this like... This Adonis? No, he's um, Apollo. Mm, then what's it... Isn't, like, the word just, like, oh, he's an Adonis? Oh, I don't know. I've never heard of that in my life. I'm also an idiot, so I don't know. Um, but it's, like, this love letter to this fictional human being that he has created... And it's just, it's absurd. Like, I feel like Victor Hugo saw himself as Grand Terre. For anyone who's read the book, Grand Terre is, like, madly in love with Algeros. And I had so much beef with Tom Hooper because he put so much sexual energy into cats. And then, like, and, like, I knew about all of this. Let's get real. Cats in and of itself. The musical, there's a lot of sexual energy there, too. Lamez has so much sexual energy. Are you kidding me? Where? What in the musical Lamez? Yes. No. Yes. Have you not seen the productions no. on in London that are like so like Andros and Gretchen no. literally kiss all the time in the musical? Jill, I haven't left this country a day in my life. No, but I'm saying like clips and things. Have you never seen them? No. Oh my god, Katie. 
Where am I supposed to have seen this? I don't know, Instagram on your explore page? That's where it comes up on mine. Do you think I go on my explore page? I might be the only person in the world who does not access their explore page. I don't look through it. Sometimes it just pops up. Like, I'll, like, go to search for something, and, like, the first thing I see is just Andros and Gartan. I'm like, oh, normal day for me. me Do you want to know what's on my explore page right now? Oh, God. Um, What's on mine? I don't know what that is. Something about Jennifer Brown, Anderson, and Kanye. There's a picture of uh, Ryan Reynolds, Mindy Kaling, a picture of Justin Turner that I've seen a million times of him, like, diving, reaching for the World Series trophy. Um, a picture of Justin Bieber and Hailey Bieber. A picture of uh, Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. Tamara Mowry and Tia, Tia Mowry with their daughters. Uh, a really old f- video of when Idina and Kristen Chenoweth were uh, doing popular on the Today Show. I'm assuming it's the Today Show. It could be Good Morning America. Either way. Um, Jen- just Jennifer Anderson. I The thing is, I don't use my Explore page. So it my shows me the most random stuff. Laura Osnes in One Royal Holiday. <laughs> Which tracks. <laughs> Mine is... The most random things. I also don't. I also have a lot of it. very random things, but that's just one of the things I saw when I was going. But I'm just saying right here, right now, in the musical, in a lot of stagings of the musical Les Mis, they do it correctly because in the book, a lot of actors that do Les Mis and like are like playing the barricade boys, they read the book to get more context for their characters because the musical doesn't leave a lot of context for the barricade boys. So, I can't imagine they've done that. They've all done that. Maybe they just read have. their parts. Well, no, that's the thing. Like, part. a lot of them have read, like, a good amount of it. So, like, I know George Blackton read the whole book. He talks about it often. <laughs> and I love that. George Blackton read the brick. Yeah. Okay. He's a committed man. He's a committed man. And I love that for him because he loved playing Grand Terre so much. It's, like, my favorite thing. Evan hates, my roommate, hates when I talk about lame is because I just talked about George Blagden for like six hours <laughs> because he was so committed to playing Grantaire because he loved the character so much so he read the book and he was like there are so many like romantic undertones for Angelos and Grantaire like that's just like anyone who reads it can see it like it's just it's there and they're not even undertones they're just there like they're just like this man is in love with Andras, and Andras is in love with this country, but also he kind of got a thing for Grantaire. So it was like this whole thing, he read it, and he was like, I want to portray this as accurately as possible. And so... You said it's subtext? Yeah. I'm so god-awful at picking up on subtext. Oh, I'm not. I'm so awful at, like... Picking up on vibes. A gay I don't understand. I've picked it up. Let me tell you. Like I just I've lived my whole life to kind of just like not be perceived by anyone, to not try to perceive anyone. I try to just do things as blatantly as they are. So when I if a person were to flirt with me, I would have no clue. I think everyone's flirting with me, so we have opposite problems. (laughs) You're like you're like my friend. Like, you're a Pisces, and she's a Leo, but, but she is the, she's the same as she's like, everyone's in love with me all the time. Like, my biggest issue, she's like, my, are you, but Pisces is a a water sign, I think, and Leo's a fire sign. 
I don't know. Anyway, I don't know shit about astrology, but I know that Everything. I'm a Taurus and that's Earth sign. But I'm like, you sound exactly like a Leo. Everyone's in love with me. I just know that Pisces are very, like, in tune with their emotions and they feel everything really heavily, which is accurate because I feel... I try to block heart. everything all the time. <laughs> You're like my sister. You guys are like... Because she's a what Taurus is she? Too. What is she? What is she? She's oh. a Taurus. Checks out. <laughs> but, like, it's so funny. Story checks out. <laughs> because George Blackton, he was like, I want to play this how it is in the book because that's important to him. So he's like, I want to do this how it is in the book. So he was like, I'm going to talk to Eric Savant about this. I'm going to like, we're going to play this like romantic undertones, like this whole thing. So right before, like he went up to talk to Aaron and as soon as he like, Aaron turned to him to speak, someone pulled Aaron away to talk to him about something else. And George was like, wait a second. That's correct. That is what Grand Terran Ojoas is. That's perfect. So then when you watch the movie, that's how he plays it the entire time. And it's like, it's so good. And then later on, like during the movie's release and after the movie's release, on George Blackden's YouTube channel, he sings songs that relate to Ojoas and Grand Terran. And like, it's just... It's beautiful. It's so good. I is he it. like Lena Hall, who has made her entire uh, persona <laughs> uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch? Oh my god, no, he's not that bad. He, because like he hasn't done it recently. This is like within. This was like a few years ago. But I don't think Lena Hall's favorite. like that anymore. But she definitely was like, I am oh, yeah. Hedwig and Yitzhak. Oh yeah, but. Fun fact, uh, co-star just updated. Sorry, I am Buzz, so it is. Same. I'm just like. <laughs> But it says, my co-star after said, don't let anyone convince you that pleasure is a sin. Ooh. Just in time for a spooky day. <laughs> oh my god. My um, Halloween so, is gonna be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I'm not doing a thing. <laughs> I've been so, like, I decorated for Halloween at the end of September, like, last week of September into October, and... I've spent like $60 on Halloween decorations because I was like, I want to get in the mood this year. I want to feel all the things about all the holidays this year because like everything's been taken away from us. I want to like get excited about things. And then two weeks ago, I returned everything. <laughs> because two weeks ago, you said no. <laughs> yeah, because two weeks ago, you know, two weeks ago was bad for me. Two weeks ago today was bad for me. It was not a good time. Jill and I both have been experiencing uh, big sad girl hours. Really bad. Like, she and I both, like, for this, mainly this week for me, it's been big sad girl hours. For no good reason. Oh no, mine's for a reason, but it's bad. And like, I was like, two weeks ago was this whole fiasco with with a man, so I'm gonna say this, and quoting Amber Ardolino, who said this to me on Twitter, I'm quoting her, so if my mom's listening, she doesn't get mad at me, but fuck, ma'am, I (laughs) hate it, (laughs) but, so for the last two weeks, I've been very in my feelings, I've been very, like, sad all the time, I've been listening to a lot of Bonnie and Clyde, a lot of Catch Me If You Can, it's been bad, but two weeks ago today was some sad hours for me so the next day so two weeks ago tomorrow I took down all my Halloween decorations my friend went with me we returned all of them to Michael's I got back like most of my money so thank god and then 
we went to build a bear, which I built a baseball bear with a scarecrow costume so he could be Fiero. Um, and, <laughs> and my best friend paid for it because she was like, Jill's sad. This is your Christmas present. I was like, yes. So that was my My friends could never. My friends would never. My That's funny, though, because Evan actually planned it. Like, she was like, we're going to go to build a bear tomorrow. I'm going to buy you this. We're going to have fun because men suck. And I was like, tea. And then Jeremiah came along and he was like, men suck. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so we were just having a blast at the mall. Um, also just wasn't feeling Halloween this year. Like once it started getting closer, I was like, eh. And I couldn't care less. Can we skip to Christmas? Like I was like, I'm over it. I literally love Christmas more than anything. Christmas is like my favorite. Not to quote Catch Me If You Can, but Christmas is my favorite time of year. Let me guess. This is, this is how that song goes. <clears throat> and uh, for anybody wondering, yes, I have seen Catch Me If You Can, but also, yes, it has been <laughs> seven years, probably. Um, does it go? Christmas is my favorite time of year. Close. That was very close. That's almost there. But yeah, okay. essentially. Um but it's like I don't know like it's just it's anyways I love catch me if you can that's the tea that's all we need to know about me is I love catch me if you can um I speaking of which I've watched the movie a lot this week (laughs) (laughs) you know they filmed like the airport scene at um so my preferred airport is Ontario International Airport because I hate flying in and out of LAX um, cause LAX, ask any person, the worst airport to get in and out of. Watch a movie. Watch a What? It's in all oh, the I movies. Guess, like, yeah, all the movies. Okay. They're not lying. Movies <laughs> don't lie when it comes to LAX. It's that big of an issue. It is. I once missed a flight because of A, traffic on the freeway, and B, traffic getting into that airport. Uh, the only flight I've ever what? missed. I don't fly out of LAX anymore. Nor do I fly into LAX. Um, so I fly out of Ontario, which is honestly closer to me uh, than LAX. It's also not busy. They also film every single airport scene of every single everything at LAX. Or sorry, not LAX. Ontario. I am drunk. <laughs> they film <laughs> weeds there. They film catch if you can there apparently they film my dad calls it the old ontario airport but like i don't know what that means apparently there was an older version and now there's a newer version either way i never fly out of lax if you plan on flying to southern california flying to burbank flying to ontario or fly into santa Ana. do not fly into lax I almost was an idiot and was like, what about the Graceland, like the first scene of the first episode of Graceland? Because I was like an idiot and forgot that they filmed that in Florida. <laughs> they filmed that in Florida? That place. Yes, they filmed it in They like, sure as hell, they sure as hell filmed at least that beach scene in Orange County. Well, they filmed, there's like, they filmed a lot of, um, they filmed some of it in California and some, most of it in Florida. Like, the majority of it was filmed in Florida. But the house that they filmed it at, fun fact for anyone who doesn't know this, 
Also, Graceland is an FBI show. It's not about Elvis. That's I need to put that because a lot of people don't know that. Where did they film the rest of the show? Graceland. In LA? Most no, it was pretty much entirely filmed in Florida. Huh. Yeah. Um, but the house that Graceland is, so like Graceland is a house, is a safe house for FBI, DEA, ICE agents. It's based on a real story. Um, I'm a whore for a good FBI story. Um, and the house that they filmed at was actually the house that Sex in the City, the movie, was filmed in. It's the same house. Which house in the Sex in the City? The beachfront mansion. That oh, you mean when they're supposed to be in Mexico? It's been a while since I've seen Sex in the City. Hang on. It's the There's house. a whole part where they go to Mexico. Yeah, and but then Carrie on. throws her phone into the no, ocean. No, not that house. Not that house. Not that one. Not that one. It's that's like a that, resort. Yeah, it's the house that what's her face is. <gasps> oh, Samantha. Yeah, and and um, Samantha not, and I should know more about Sex and the City than I do. I don't know much. Samantha about. and her boyfriend, whose name escapes me at the moment. Yeah, that's the house. I want to say Guy, but I know it's it was not decorated guy. Smith. The same decoration, like it was all furnished and everything the same as in the Sex and the City movie. Oh, like I can see that. episode of Graceland, and then they changed it all up. Since <laughs> episode two came out. Like, for the pilot, it was all the same. So but what you're saying is... So what you're saying is, the owner of the house <laughs> didn't change it. Yes. <laughs> or I should say, the people who did Sex and the City, the movie, they didn't change it from the original house. And then the people who did Graceland's pilot said, we're going to just keep it the same, too. We don't want to pay Easton, for it. Jeff Easton said, I'm spending so much money on white collar. I'm going to wait till this one gets picked up <laughs> to do anything. Wasn't white collar based on um, Cash Movie Can? It wasn't based on Cash Movie Can, but it's based on the like group in the FBI that Catch Me If You Can, that Frank Abagnale Jr. essentially originated. <laughs> Which, okay, so here's a really funny story. So I grew up wanting to be in the FBI. I don't know why. It's a weird thing. It's it's fine. Don't ask questions about it. It's fine. Um, and I wanted to be an FBI agent for most of my life. It was always my backup plan. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be a rocket. And then like my plan B was FBI agent. <laughs> it can still be your plan B. It is still my plan B. So... I was like, I could never pass any of the physical exams, though. We're going to be completely honest. I have arthritis. There's no way. <laughs> so I always wanted to be an FBI agent. So I was fascinated with Catch Me If You Can the first time I ever, like, heard about it. And this was, like, ages ago. And I was, like, so fascinated by the story of it. But I found out about it through the movie. Um, and the movie stars Leonardo DiCaprio, who I don't enjoy watching to put it kindly i don't enjoy leonardo dicaprio's viewing <laughs> if you will so and i get that from my dad as well um i grew up with him telling me that leonardo dicaprio was overrated and i was like okay yeah you're kind of right like you're me with sean penn <laughs> my dad okay, and also sean valid penn. also valid um so I saw, like, I watched the movie the first time at a friend's house because I was like, this is contraband in my house. Like, I thought it was that deep. <laughs> like, I thought my dad's hatred for Leonardo DiCaprio was that deep where I had to, like, hide that I was watching Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Um, so, like, I saw the movie at a friend's house, like, ages ago. And I 
was obsessed with it. Like, it's like, I can't describe the feeling I get when I watch anything Catch Me If You Can related, like anything related to Frank Abbott. Is it Spielberg? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And That's the cast is incredible. Like, it's literally, it's Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Amy Adams, Jennifer Garner. Like, the cast is, oh, um, saying Amy Adams and Jennifer Garner are in there is like that's a bit of like a misnomer they both play very small parts Jennifer Garner no Amy Adams more of a part than Jennifer Garner but yes they are both in the film but it's weird though because I was re-watching it the other day for the first time in like months and Evan was watching with me she's never like really seen it all the way through she still didn't even really that night because I turned it off early so I could go to bed but Jennifer Garner came on and I was like, do you know what's crazy about Jennifer Garner in this movie? Is Steven Spielberg said, we need to hire someone to play a prostitute. Let's hire Jennifer Garner. <laughs> <laughs> like, in what world? Like, granted, it's a model turned prostitute. Like, she's, she was a model in her, like, peak. And now she's a prostitute because she doesn't have any money. So, like, Granted, that's the circumstances, but it's still bizarre to me that Jennifer Garner is, like, the woman that they picked to play a prostitute. I just, like, it's just weird. But she was really good. She did it well. Have you read the book, Catch Me If You Can? Uh, yes, I have. It's on my I have musical it. shelf. I have it, but I haven't read it. I've read it, like, a million times. Does the movie match up? I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing about... This is turning into a drunken ramble about Catch Me If You Can, and I'm all about it. So... Yeah, let's do it. I know everything about Frank Abagnale Jr. I'm like, I love, I, I, I don't idolize him. I admire him. Like, I think that he's just a genius. Like, anyways, so I, fun fact. So I read the book after I saw the movie and I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm like, yes. And I didn't read the book until like freshman year of high school. And I read the book and I was like, this is weird. Because in real life, Brenda Strong, who is played by Amy Adams in the movie and Carrie Butler in the musical, plays almost no role in Frank Abagnale Jr.'s life. Like, in real life, she was just another girl that he slept with. Like, it wasn't really much deeper than it, that. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the reason he wanted to go good. Right, but what it they It wasn't did, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, essentially. Yes. Like, obviously, so what, Brenda isn't a Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but it, like, fulfills the same role of, like, wanting to change yourself for a woman. Yeah. So, like, what they did was they took... There was another woman in Frank's life who they just kind of rearranged the names. Like, they kind of just took the woman that it was and turned it into Brenda Strong. Because Brenda Strong was someone that he did have sex with and like he did have a relationship with but she wasn't as prominent in his life as this other woman who Brenda Strong is like based on so the movie portrays Brenda as like she's a nurse who he met in Atlanta and um they fell in love and like it was this whole thing and so it was really it's really really sweet um but it wasn't Brenda Strong it was another woman (laughs) um and then the musical just kind of kick-started off of that like it kind of just jumped from the movie because the musical is almost identical to the movie like it's like it's almost verbatim like it's actually a really good adaptation um but frank abagnale jr himself said and i stand and i love this i bring this up at all the parties i go to um all the all the parties you bring up catch me if you can do you think i'm joking about that (laughs) no i don't think you're joking about that I, I sleep in a Catch Me If You Can t-shirt every night since I got one in the mail from someone. Maybe you should wash that. 
Oh, I do, but I wash it during the day so I can wear it again <laughs> to bed. Um, so but, what do you bring up? So I bring up how Frank Abagnale Jr. himself, this is something, this is such like a nerdy Aaron Tveit fan thing of me, but <laughs> he said like on, like during like the, it was like during previews or rehearsals, I can't remember from the musical, he said that Aaron Tveit is the epitome of Frank Abagnale Jr. And I love that <laughs> because I like watching the movie, it's, I think Leonardo DiCaprio is good in it. I think that's like probably my only Leonardo DiCaprio role that like I enjoy watching him in. I don't hate him in Gatsby. I say that I hate Gatsby, but like I don't hate watching him in Gatsby. Um, the CGI just really bothers me. Um, Gatsby is like a weird thing in my life because I'm like, yeah, I did see it. I didn't pay for the ticket to see it. I saw it in the theaters, but it was like we movie hopped from whatever Star Trek <laughs> to to see Gatsby. Iconic. I love that. Um, Also, it was like the same theater where. Um, sorry, I'm just interrupting because I just have a funny story to tell. When like the last Twilight movie was coming out, people were like, "We have to go to the eight o'clock showing," and then my friends and I just went to the like three o'clock showing (laughs) that day. Like the matinee of Twilight. Yeah, I mean, like, we just, like, got off of school and we're like, we're not going to wait until 8 o'clock. We're just going to go see this and then head over to Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, I, continue. I, um, what was I saying? Hold on. Uh, Aaron Tveit is the epitome of Frank Abagnale Jr. The movie, um, Gatsby. Gatsby. You don't Gatsby. hate, you don't so, hate Leonardo DiCaprio. So, I, um... I, like, rarely will see, Leonardo, like, I don't watch Leonardo DiCaprio movies because he just irritates me. Um, but when I watch Catch Me If You Can, I don't hate him, which is a revelation for me. Um, and it's, like, something about him playing Frank Abagnale Jr. I've never found Leonardo DiCaprio attractive in my life. I need that on the record. I have never in my life found him attractive. I don't think he is at all. He's not my... Like, he's not what I would go for in a human being. He's not your type. Yeah. Um, but when I watch him in Catch Me If You Can, I'm like, that's an attractive man. But I think it's because he's playing Frank Abagnale Jr. And I admire this man so much. And I think that he's so interesting that it's like, it's like how people are with serial killers. But a weird, lesser criminal. I have like a weird issue with the movie Catch Me If You Can. There comes what? a point where it just feels so disjointed. What do you like, mean? Like, all of a sudden we're watching it, and then all of a sudden it's Christmas time, and he's in France, and yeah, he's just, like, going insane. But, like, but it, it just starts it, with the it end of the feels story. Distro- Maybe I just need to rewatch it. I think you need to rewatch it. It's on HBO. It's on HBO until, or not HBO, it's on Showtime until tomorrow. I do think I have Showtime. So I will be watching it again tomorrow before it leaves showtime i have the dvd like i say that like i don't own movies <laughs> but Catch it's just it's a very good show though like it it's feels a beautiful show like it's very like the style of it is very fun it, it it captures the time era i would assume i wasn't alive in the 60s um from what we know of the 60s yeah it definitely has that like feel of it that vibe of it but and the cast is like 
and the ensemble cast is like weirdly diverse for the time because it was 2011 and like considering the show the ensemble was a lot more diverse than I would have assumed it would have been looking back huh. if that makes sense I don't remember um, the only thing I remember is that um, the year of the Tonys that that show was a part of, 2011, there's a video from Lin-Manuel Miranda's YouTube channel of him backstage at the Tonys, like, writing the finale number for Neil Patrick Harris to sing. And, like, obviously, oh, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, like, some of the people who are going to win, like, you're like, yeah, of course, like, Book of Mormon's going to win the musical, the best musical. Like, that's no doubt. Um, but... The fact that they would, like, reference certain things that happened in the show. That's what I think about instead. They just, like, talk about, like, um, Norbert Leo Butts. And how he, like, his performance in that is fantastic. He's so good. He's amazing. I still can't believe that that year... I don't even know who was nominated that year. Like, obviously, Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds were nominated that year. But the fact that Daniel Radcliffe and Aaron Tveit were both not nominated for lead actor in a musical... Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Like, Daniel Radcliffe wasn't nominated? Are you kidding me? He's great. Like, he was phenomenal in in uh, How to Succeed. And I said this in our, like, in one of our, like, our first or second episode. I can't remember. I said it, and I will say it until I die. Um, Eric Tavate deserved to have been nominated. At least. Like, Let's see he, who was nominated. Please. Because he literally was maybe not on stage for maybe two scenes maybe because like even when Carl Hanratty was like on stage as like the lead part most of the time Aaron was still on stage doing something like he was rarely not on stage because he was the lead he was the main character well him and Norbert both but yeah because Carl and Frank are like the same like they're equally important yeah, well, the show is literally about one man chasing the other. Right. And I mean, um, and then in the end of, you know, post, like, him getting arrested and everything, him and Carl became really good friends and basically family. So it's, like, he was an important which role. Is, which is wild. I love it. Um, That's, like, my favorite part. <laughs> and I love Norbert Leo Butts. Like, don't get me wrong. Yes. Love him. Norbert Butts is incredible. Are you kidding me? Oh, okay. Okay, here's who was nominated that year for that category. For lead actor in a musical. Norbert Leo Butts for Catch Me If You Can. Josh Gad, Book of Mormon. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Josh Henry for the Scottsboro Boys. Oh, good for him. Which is a musical I think about a lot. Yeah, I remember you I... chatting me about it for like three hours one day. <laughs> I think about the musical The Scottsboro Boys far too far too often than I should. And then Andrew Rannell's Book of Mormon. And then here's the, like, wild card. Tony Sheldon, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Interesting. I forget about Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So do I. That had Will Swenson and Nick Nick Adams? I think so. Um, Baby Gate and Matarazzo from Stranger Things is in that show. It's a wild show. I saw Tony Sheldon. (laughs) <laughs> all three times I saw the out-of-town trial of Amelie. Oh my god. I forget that I've seen Amelie so many times. I forget that you've seen Amelie. 
I've seen Amelie far too many times. <laughs> I was just, I was so into it. It really just like swept me away that I'm, that I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it was the out of town tryout. So it's not like we had like a cash recording to return to, but I was like, I need to see this show a million times. I feel that way about, um, I saw West Side Story last summer um, in my regional theater company in Kentucky did it. And it starred uh, Colton Ryan as Tony, which was spot on casting. It was absolutely perfect. Um, because Wait, from, what theater was this? This is my regional theater back home in Kentucky. So it's the Lex. In Lexington? Lexington, Kentucky, home of Walker Bueller, the only pitcher on the Dodgers that I trust. It's also the horse capital of the world. (laughs) The Kentucky Derby. No, the Derby's in Louisville. It was a place (laughs) in Kentucky that started with an L. I was kind of 50-50 chance. But Keeneland is in Lexington, which is where most of the horse racing happens throughout horse racing season but sick do you want to know what happened at my uh horse track here the santa anita horse track last year all the horses just died (gasps) and they wouldn't (gasps) stop dying (laughs) there were like seven in two months that just died oh no also also um fun fact but really really sad fact the santa anita racetrack is where they kept like the Japanese internment campers, which is awful. But like that's where George Takei was. Oh held. my god! Was it really? Santa Anita. Wild His story, story. So interesting. His story is so interesting. And that's why everyone should watch Allegiance. But no, the writing is really, really bad. Yes. The story fantastic. The writing um, awful. Yes. But anyways, back to the regional theater production. So I saw West Side Story last summer. Regional theater of the Lex in Kentucky. Go support them. They're really good. So um, I saw Colton Ryan as Tony, which was a dream. He was so phenomenal as Tony. I don't even remember the rest of the cast. I'm going to be honest with you. The, I have the playbill somewhere. I just like, it was just, Colton Ryan blew me away. So, um, but everyone was incredible. Like the whole thing was so good. But I had never seen West Side Story live and in person before, which is crazy considering it's like my third favorite musical. Um, and well, so I produced. Do what? I said it has to be produced. Well, yeah. around you, right? So, um, but <laughs> sorry, I opened TikTok and I did not mean to. So I um was so lucky to get to see him because he's from Lexington, Kentucky. Um, and it was just so, so good. And I had this like visceral experience seeing the show. I don't know why. I just had like this incredible experience when I saw it. And like my best friend was with me. It was her first time seeing West Side Story. She had like never been introduced to West Side Story before. And then my um, cousin was with me, who's, like, my mini-me. I love her. My mom was with us. It was, like, a little girls' night. Um, And we had a blast. It was so much fun. And I wept six times through Act 1. And I wept (laughs) through all of Act 2. Act 1 isn't sad. It's not, but it was just, like, it was that experience of, like, seeing one of your favorite musicals for the first time. Oh, I wept all through um, Hamilton. 
exactly so it's like it was this whole thing and i vividly remember just like at the end of it being like can i get tickets for tomorrow night like it was like i wanted i didn't get to unfortunately i was so upset but because it was only a weekend like it was, a, it was just a weekend run and i was so upset because i wanted to see it a million more times because it was just like this it was such a good experience like it was just such a good production it was such a good experience seeing it and like I can't say it enough. Colton Ryan was just such a good Tony. Like, he was amazing. And again, Colton Ryan, gonna be Connor Murphy. Yeah! Colton Hansen Ryan! Movie. I think Colton Ryan is the one of the most underrated people. I think that we need to talk about him more. We need to discuss. He was an Alice by Heart. He and was he an really Alice by good. Heart. That cash recording, That's I amazing. think, is vocally so great. Some My of the songs friend, are wild my friend saw alice by heart um she said that it didn't make a lot of sense but then she read the book because they released it as a novel and she's like but then i read the book and it made more sense so i need to read the book because i've listened to it a million times and the kids that i babysat that summer listened to it a million times (laughs) um but yeah also fun fact the kids that i used to babysit um there's this cute little story I have that has to do with musical theaters. So I, they're very, they love music. They're very like musical children. Not in the way that like nor- most kids are musical. They just love listening to music and musicals. So I- I can relate. I can yeah, relate. Right. So like I, every day when I would go to watch them the whole summer, we would, I had, I left all of my movies. I have my movies in like big binders. And so I would let them choose like what we watched or whatever. It was always Into the Woods. It was always Hairspray. It was always Grease Live. It was always like, it was just always my musicals. And it was a lot of fun because there was like this one point where I had like, they were doing um, the like reading thing at the library that summer. So like I would make them sit in their rooms for an hour and read while I did some like work because I was still working. And um so they would go and do that. And there was one day I went to go and get the older girl. Um, and I went to go and like get her up to like be like, hey, like you can come back out, like you can be done reading for the day. And I like listened in before I opened the door and she was listening. <laughs> this is like my influence is wild. <laughs> she was listening to Moulin Rouge, like the movie. <laughs> this is before the musical cast recording she was listening to the movie and they had never seen it i did not show them moulin rouge the movie i need to say that <laughs> i did not show these children moulin rouge the movie because like how old are these children um the oldest is 11 so too young to now. be watching moulin rouge i think she's 12 now um and then the youngest he was six that summer so yeah um but so I did not show them the movie, I swear. Um, but I did play them some of the like more appropriate music in my car whenever we would drive to like the water park and stuff. So it was just like it was fun. So I like listened in and like I heard her listening to I wanna say it was Elephant Love Medley. And because I played that <laughs> one a lot. Cause that's like the more appropriate song from the movie that I can play for the kids. So I like listened in for a second and then I texted my best friend Mary Beth, who was like their family friend. So that's like how I got the babysitting gig. And uh, I texted her, I was like, oh my God, she's listening to Moulin Rouge. And she was like, Jill. And I was like, I didn't do this. I was like, she did it on her own, I swear. 
<laughs> and then like I opened the door and I was like hey Katie like you can be done reading and she's like oh, okay and then like she got up and I was like what are you listening to and she's like oh this musical playlist I made and I was like you made a musical playlist and I looked through it and it's like most of the musicals that like I showed are like Beetlejuice and Moulin Rouge and like um Hairspray, Alice by Heart, just like random ones and it was so cute I was melting <laughs> I was like this is my legacy <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's fine. I plan on doing that with the small children in my life. I already do it. I'm just like constantly playing musicals in my car for any child that is in my family or whatever. Well, we have been talking for at least an hour and a half at this point. At least. And uh, I gotta edit this at some point. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's time for us to uh, cut it short. So Jill, give us those uh, social media handles. Where can we be found? Instagram is Thoughts Shared Podcast. Is that right? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> um, It'll be in the description. Yes. Twitter is Thoughts Shared underscore and TikTok is also Thoughts Shared Podcast, I believe. I know Twitter or my, I know TikTok and Instagram are the same. Twitter is the other one that's different. Yes. Um, and if you'd like to follow me, I am at Complete Katie on Instagram. I do not use Twitter because it makes me anxious. Valid. Because I've used Twitter so much less recently. <laughs> and Jill, where can we find you? I am at It's Jill Hayes on literally everything. <laughs> Great. Have to have so, a brand. If, we, if you'd like to follow us there. Also, please rate, subs uh, rate review, subscribe. Uh, we are now apparently on all streaming platforms, which we did not know we were officially on Apple Podcasts because we were not informed. No one told us. But we are, and that's great. And I've subscribed. Same. So <laughs> how about you subscribe as well? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody, uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Um, if you're of age, have a drink every now and then. It's it fun. It does help. And have a chat with a friend. Yes. So uh, until next time, goodbye. <laughs>